Robots. Yep, it's the Overnightscape Central once again, and we are here to talk about... I can't believe that uh, robots has never been a subject, because everybody loves robots. I, I boy, you, it's, in my mind, they are just, uh, you know, I grew up in that era of all those tin robots. Uh, some looked like the one from Lost in Space, and others looked more like, you know, a mechanical man. And they were just everywhere. And they were just so cool. And now, of course, you know, we have all these fancy androids and cyborgs and uh, i don't know robots were just so clunky and i guess the modern cyborg and android they are robots but man when i think of robots i think of like those little with the clear head and diodes and the little red light eyes that light up uh I don't know. Anything much more complicated than that is almost alive. Whereas it was obvious. I don't know. I'm I'm trying to make differentials, but uh, I'm not the arbiter here. You are, because uh, what we have today is, uh, as of the moment, we have at least three contributions we are going to hear from before we part company uh barring any technical uh, surprises uh let me see here we are going up four that's right four so uh let's do it that way here um we have four contributions uh, that we will be hearing from. We will be hearing from such luminaries as Eddie. We will be hearing from Frank Edward Nora. We will be hearing from Doc Slees and we will be hearing from Chad Bowers before we part company on this extravaganza on robots of an overnight scape central. And and I'm glad you showed up because I have this uh, sneaking suspicion this episode is going to be fine. And uh, you get to hear the new microphone. This is an audio technica thingamabusis. Uh, it is an, an AT. 2005 USB, and I don't know, uh, I, it's supposed to have a um, spit guard, pop guard, a piece of foam that goes over the end of it, and it never came with it somehow or other, uh, so there, I, I'm going to look to replace it, because I suspect we are going to have some boominess. Uh, my experiments with this seem to be uh, providing. Anyhow, uh, technical things aside, we've got a lot to get to. So uh, let's hand it over to Eddie, because uh, uh, I know the wool gatherer will have some fine and interesting insights. Thank you, PQ. Yes, robots. Um a little bit away from the phone here in the car, but um, <coughs> I'm just after my walk. Anyway, robots. You know, it does seem uh, like the the reality, the dream um, of robots will become a reality. And um, it seems like it seems like it could be near, but it seems. But I don't know, it, like it feels to me like it, it actually still, it's still a long way off though. Um, like, 
you know, obviously you have uh, <clears throat> the companies which were working on those kind of other other bipedal robots, you know, <clears throat> almost sort of humanoid, you know, with uh, the two arms and the hands and, and the legs and they were doing jumps and everything was at Boston Dynamics, right? And uh, they seem to have come so far now who knows what they might have in in uh in in military budgets or black budgets on what they've created uh certainly haven't really revealed anything and of course elon musk tesla is it tesla robots they'll probably have another company name for them and uh but i think they have a great chance of being more successful in the real world because of the the car having the the cameras as sort of having a 3d more of a 3d frame of the world rather than this um lidar stuff and everything else that the other robots seem to do so i think with that technology there's, there's a greater chance it's more human because that's the way we kind of do things we understanding the world in that 3d way should um help a lot more i guess um i know lex friedman which i mentioned before he, his podcast is very famous probably started i don't know if he started on joe rogan um but uh mit guy into artificial intelligence robots and stuff and uh, he's kind of, um, he'd have his finger on the pulse of that kind of stuff as well. And then there's, there's um, the other guy with, with uh, I was going to say quote, but it's comma, comma. And um, he's doing sort of the, what some call the Android version of the, of the auto drive you know, cars driving by themselves, you can sort of plug it into most new cars um, from from a, a device, comma, comma AI or whatever, or just comma something. And uh, his name escapes me at the moment, but Hots, George Hots. There it is. And um, <clears throat> so, obviously the question is how much it would change the world so first if we if we have the driverless cars and trucks and boats and whatever else planes if things become uh are able to operate on their own like to get from a to b right um pretty much automatically without humans like they're they're gonna have humans there for for a while anyway, I guess, but they'll probably be the first automated things in the real world. I mean, some of them are almost automated or semi-automated, so I guess that's the way to go. And then weed out problems as you go from there. That makes sense. And then, um, well, that'd be a different world already because I believe like the drivers are. I don't know if it's 30% of employment in the world or something. It's something quite high. 
It's it's millions and millions anyway. Maybe it's a, it's a billion. I don't know. So <clears throat> that will already change the world. And then you're talking about universal basic income and things like that, which was maybe maybe the the pandemic was was able to um, you know coincidentally you could say um, test drive some of the universal ba basic income, like get it out there. And uh, it's not what they call it, right? They call it different things around the world, but a uh, good way to test it maybe and, and get some, uh, you know, when people stay at home and then what do they do then and whatever else that, that comes later. There'll always be something to do. It's not like, it won't be any, even, even if people don't have to work for money, there'll always, people will always find things to do, you know. And um, it's also, <clears throat> so you have to put them in the direction to find um, productive things and all the rest of it. And, uh, you know, I think well-rested people are probably tend, will tend to be towards being productive anyway, you know. It's the other way around the current system that's, uh, that's that probably impedes that. But anyway, um so, like, I, guess, <laughs> I don't know where I'm going this, with this, but um, so the next thing then, after the driverless cars, if the robots start to do all the other tasks, which is, I don't know, carrying the boxes, doing the dishes, although we have dishwashers, but putting dishes in the dishwasher, maybe, or, you know, the Hoover and housework, or um, well, every, every other single imaginable task that there is, that humans do. And uh, each robot then be programmed, especially if it's repetitive, I suppose, any repetitive work. And then each robot will be programmed specifically for that and get better and better at that until it just replaces the human. But then there will, I guess there will be people to look after the robots, but then that might also be replaced by robots as well. You know, if if that becomes a repetitive thing or a diagnostic thing, that, that then the robot can fix themselves, kind of thing. Um, but then, where are we left? It's like, are we running the show then, or are they? Well, just recently, I found out that uh, in ancient Greece. Uh, the citizens, which were, I guess, the opposite, uh, there was slavery. So you had slaves who did all the work and citizens gathered in forums. And I mean, maybe it's idealized, but they had intellectual conversations. There weren't so many, they studied the scrolls. There weren't books per se back then, but at least there is this illusion and i guess we can never know 100 percent to what extent but it sure i mean i could see a society where the robots are doing all the cooking and the cleaning and keeping everything running and uh, there's like the onsug forum building where we can all gather and uh, compare notes and screen things together. I, this, I, I, of course, this is all really an ideal, no matter what, 
ease you can possibly fit humans into, we will find something uh, to have conflict about somewhere. Uh, even if this is all just innocuous, the robots never turn on us. Everybody's happy. You got maintenance robots that maintenance the maintenance robots. Everything is fine-tuned, and human beings are finally free to pursue whatever great um, paths they care to tread. I don't know. I, I, I Call me just a little skeptical, but I, I admit completely, I am just a little skeptical that uh, it would be some sort of long-standing paradise. Somebody somewhere would be somehow discontent and the whole thing would just, they would be those who want to do the work themselves and the robots won't let them or something. Who knows? Yeah, we, we're, we're great at creating drama and conflict as a species, you know? Those Boston Dynamics robots, those, those are really, really spiffy. Uh, I it almost seem like they're not real, real, that there's some sort of, you know, computer animated simulation or shots from an upcoming video game or, or feature film, that those, every time I see them, those four-legged doggy, like, that's just mind-boggling. And someday they'll be out there roaming. <laughs> the escaped ones that run on solar power will be roaming the hills. Oh, boy. Uh, it's just the, the possibilities of the future are only limited by our own uh, inability to function. Then then you're left with AI and, and how sort of conscious it gets. Does it get conscious then? Is it is it sentient at some point or whatever? I know with uh, with uh, you know <clears throat> Ben Ben Gertzel and and the other guy who are running wasn't it Sophia the robot and she got citizenship in I don't know if it was Dubai or Saudi Arabia I think or something like they gave a robot citizenship and. I mean, she was just running off like, I mean, <clears throat> a lot of things they're calling artificial intelligence are just like many, many branches of sort of if-then statements, you know. If this happens, then say that. If someone says this, then say that. There's just many billions and billions of branches of that. And I think that's what some of it is. But then <clears throat> but then you look at some of the, the newer AI, which is... a. Uh, what was it called Eve or Jean or something? I forget the name of it. Number three. I know there's the is the AGT two or something or three. I forget the name of it, but there's <clears throat> there's a couple of uh, the one that does the photographs at the moment is amazing. You can you can say it to create any photograph and it, and it makes it up and it actually looks like a real photograph, but it totally just made it up and anything you want, like. Girl with red coat standing beside lamppost by the sea. You know, and it'll do it. And then, or whatever you wanted. It just takes all these samples, I guess, from the internet and labels and then knows what it is and then recreates it in some form. That's quite amazing. Uh, so, 
I don't know. Everyone's looking to Elon, I guess, for the for it, for it to roll out to as a as a public thing, and then how much they'll be initially for normal people. I'd say well over a hundred thousand in today's money. Um, maybe maybe half a million or something. I'd say in the beginning for your own personal robot, which of course a lot of people would be able to afford that. A lot of millionaires <clears throat> and um, well I say a lot of people I don't mean of course most people wouldn't be able to afford it but as far as production like I don't know how many people would have their personal robots then probably hundreds of thousands I guess if the, if it's set at say half a million in the beginning or something um, but then I imagine <clears throat> the just like the other model with the sports production, the car, and also hopefully it'll get down to a manageable level. And I guess then in in ten or twenty years' time, it might be a hundred thousand or something like that for for a person to get their own robot or whatever. And then I guess there'd be also just subscription things and everything, maintenance and whatever else. Uh. You know, the practicalities of it, I'd say, are very different to the dream of, you know, oh, it's great that robots are just running everything and uh, everything's going to be okay. I'm sure it's going to, like most things, create a whole lot of new problems and stuff. Um, but, uh, I don't know, bring it on is what I say. And, and, then, <clears throat> and then, of course, you have the... The other side of it, which is the um, neurolace, which is which is us integrating with technology, so humans sort of um, sort of taking the ne next step in evolution. I know initially it doesn't sound like evolution; it just sounds like well, you're sticking a piece of technology and connecting it to you know our our wetware, which is our biological self. And then integrating them. But I think eventually it will be on a DNA level where we're actually um, pretty much tinkering with our own genetic structures. And therefore, we, I don't know how advanced, <coughs> I mean, you're talking about maybe in a thousand years or something, that. Uh, we will all come to uh, an update, an, an eventual update where we'll all have to just agree on what species is best for us to be almost, you know, um, or something like that. You know, that's, I can imagine it getting that advanced. And then that, at that stage, <clears throat> you can imagine then that's probably what the aliens are visiting us, just us in the future. That's, that's who we will become maybe. Um, I know that theory has been said many times before, so it's nothing new. Anyway, uh, don't know much else to say about about robots. I mean, the, I suppose there's the military end of it, where if they use them to do operations or kill people and that kind of thing. 
There's one positive, I suppose, would be that if a human is behind it, then it's not the human that gets killed. It's it's the robot that just... If if it's a war situation or whatever. Um, yeah, so... Robots. So eventually, I guess... I don't know what the decision would, would be then for governments and things if robots then get to such a level of, uh, you know, taking over the labor, then do do they get paid in some way? Now, if they get paid, then what are they allowed to spend the money then or whatever? But I guess they they wouldn't be programmed to do that, so they'll just be recharging or something. Won't be needing to do that. But uh, then does the cost of labor then sh- shoot right down? And then, or or is what, what happens is then does mo- money just become almost non-existent in a way? Well, especially if we get to the stage of replicators where, where we can just make anything you want appear from a sort of a printer device that prints atoms together in such a way that you can make anything you want appear. And then then you truly live in a, a moneyless society, which like a Star Trek society. And then you'd have to have like, you'd have to go by certain rules and moral codes and things like that. But there's, there still may have to be sort of surveillance and whatever on certain on humans, whatever, because we're so unpredictable or whatever, but there'd be less need for crimes and things because then, you know, most crime would be, is is done so that people will get money and then if people don't need money and they won't need to do crimes, um, of course, you'll still get, I don't know, bad people that still want to do things um so there'll have to be some still structures and things and rules and stuff um and and as i said i think people will always find things to do and learn and and everything else there's so many things to do and learn anyway you know i don't think people need jobs for that we'll just it may take some people a little while to get used to but i don't think it will take long uh, look how quick people can just scroll on TikTok all day. No problem. Straight away, anybody can do that right now. Anybody who... <coughs> give give to TikTok to anyone for a couple of days, they'll get it. And that's it. They can do it for a whole day, easily. Just sit there, learn things. <coughs> Decide if you want to do some of them, whatever. Um, and then comes the issue of then our longevity. And... Uh, um, you know, and and then <coughs> studying things and knowledge and people specializing in things and that, and then, and then the the <coughs> sorry, <laughs> uh, hold on, I'll take some water. Yeah, and then I guess um, <coughs> technology. I thought the water would help. Uh, the technology would then help us, can help us to learn as well, and uh, our capacity to learn will probably be uh, increased as well, which all goes back into the. Uh, evolution thing that we will have a hand in our own evolution so um, I think robots will then be seen in history as a, 
a step to a, the process of our own evolution, like a step towards, uh, you know, our our new species, whatever, whatever transhumanism or whatever you want to call it. And uh, <clears throat> I think after that, who knows? But I think that's really the the impact that we'll have. Apart from, I guess, first of all, a lot of relief and peace. Um, I think, and bring into you know, especially if it's if it uh, if it sort of diminishes the money issues that a lot of people have in the world and make it a fairer world and all that kind of thing. Hopefully that's what it does. Um, although seeing, it's hard to believe that seeing as the way the, the world has been running or the way it looks like it's intended to run. But um, I have to hope and believe that um, you know, it, things will be for the good in the end. Uh, if they're not, I mean, if people, if, if these Illuminati or New World Order or whatever is truly evil, there is there is so much more stuff they could be doing, um, you know, if it's like, uh, so it's, I don't know, what what's, I'm sure there's a balance to strike and all kinds of things, and then there's, if you want to consider, maybe there's other things in, in other realms and, and, like spiritual realms or dimensions and stuff as well. That's <clears throat> maybe they have to work with. I don't know. Uh, but definitely, I think it's going to be a reality. How soon? Um, I, I'm not sure. Even by 2030, by 2030, maybe we'll have the first one, or by 2035, 2040, 2040, maybe we'll start seeing seeing it being a bit more introduced into everyday society um i don't think it's gonna be that soon i mean i hope it is but there we go that's robots back to you pq do not be alarmed that is the air conditioner uh just in case you were wondering there why all of a sudden it sounded crappier uh just experimenting here see what i can get away with because uh that is the one downside of the way we have this nicho legatura institute studio set up is uh well it's also good because on a hot day you like being in the cool spot but uh that blower is not very far away from uh, where my brain is right now and like i say this is uh, a good thing in a new mexico summer when it's 110 degrees out on the other side of that wall you can take my word for that uh, yeah but it's a dry heat Anyways, uh, yeah, robots, man. Eddie, you have kicked this off to a great start by uh, positing uh, we could have the most utopian future if we get our crap together. And that's really the key there in the whole process. Uh, to robot unions. It's, that's the thing. Uh, these... If we could program ourselves 
to be less materialist. We wouldn't need the robots. I don't know. It's a, it's a tricky thing because as we are designing these other beings, uh, we are pointing out the things that make us so vulnerable, uh, irritable, unable to get along, all those things. I mean, and who knows what what could possibly be I mean, science fiction writers have written literally thousands of stories about robots versus humans in some way or form so uh, if we can imagine it I am sure a hopped up artificial intelligence of some sort I mean we're working with two pounds of wet gray fleshy stuff inside of our skull cavity eventually once this intelligence that we are fostering I, it, it, I, if space uh, has any dimension to it uh, if it could hold more information in the rampart just like our own brains I mean you can only hold juggle so many things before you start dropping parts you know what i mean now maybe uh, uh, it's all so very confusing and the other question that comes to mind um if we did have this society where you know nobody has to work and we can all you know follow our bliss would people continue to do criminal activities just for the thrill uh, yeah, this is, we're a complicated critter, and uh, we're trying to make simplified versions of ourselves to serve our purposes. I mean, that's basically what this is all about, creating mechanical slaves. So we're going right back around to the same principle again, on one level, maybe. Is it ethical? Mm-hmm. I, uh, I'm Peaky River. Oh, and like I say, Eddie has gotten us off to a fine start and moving right along. Um, we're, uh, I think I said uh, Frank's name second, unless I'm really confused. And if I am, oh, shame on me. But uh, instead of uh, batting cleanup as he usually does, we usually finish up our shows with Frank Edward Nora. Um, Frank gets to be here in, uh, you know, batting second for this uh, unique Overnight Scape Central. You'll be able to tell your grandkids you were here for this one. One of my earliest memories involved robots. Yeah, I was in a, a, a nursery school, I think. It was in Highland Park, New Jersey. It was a Montessori school, I found out many years later. And uh, I think I went over to the house of one of my classmates, and uh, he had... Uh, toy robots, and I had never seen them before. So I would have been like four years old, maybe five. I don't know exactly how old I was, but I was not prepared. I had never seen them before. I was very, I, I did not, I saw them. I was like, oh my God, what are these? You know, they're robots. And oh my, and, and I don't know why in that moment, I thought they were the only toy robots that ever existed. I think he had one or two of them. Maybe there were two. Probably little plastic toy robots. So this would have been around, um, what year would it have been? 71, 72. So it was uh, just whatever the current toy robots were, you know. And I was absolutely stunned. And uh, and I and I just, 
I had to, my whole world opened up and that there were these robots. And uh, I just remember that being being sort of one of my foundational memories, the discovery of toy robots. But yeah, I mean, as as far as uh, you know, an aspect of our uh, pop culture, the the uh, our world of uh, fictional characters and storylines and fantastic worlds and music and movies and TV shows and games and all sorts of things, robots figure prominently as a type of character, and uh, certainly are. Um, Part of what makes our circus earth very enjoyable are all the robots. And then all the shitty robots, of course, especially in the 1970s. Like, shitty robots, just like the worst, crappiest, junkiest robots, on usually on television, but possibly in other places as well. TV robots. Oh my god, What it was so great to have all these crappy robots. And of course, the... Crappy, ro- the shitty robot that rules them all, of course, is Tweaky. Let's see if we can find his his sound effect. Is this it? Let's see, Tweaky, of course, the king of them all. What about Buck? Someone isn't gonna like that. Well, at least Tweaky's on my side. It's so annoying. This Tweaky, I mean, I think Buck Rogers in the 25th century uh, really represents this 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 sort of sleazy future disco like kind of uh, TV more than anything. And Tweaky is a, is a little diminutive sort of child-sized robot voiced by Mel Blanc, the, the famous voice actor of Bugs Bunny, etc., and his head looks like a penis. I mean, absolutely. Absolutely looks like a penis. It is so blatant. Why would they design it like that? It's supposed to, you know. At least one friend. I'm sorry, Tweaky. Two friends. I mean, and in his name, like, like isn't Tweaker sort of like someone that that's takes certain kind of drugs? He's Tweaky. Oh, my God. And, and later in the series, of course, he has a, a, around his neck... This uh, this circular uh, robot guy named Doctor Theopolis, who's like who's like a vast artificial intelligence, being carried around by this 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 moronic robot. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh my! So this is sort of the pinnacle. But then there was a robot called Wiki. This this may be a little harder to find, but uh, Jason of Star Command was the name of the show. It was it was one of those low budget science fiction uh, Saturday morning shows I think in the later 70s and he had a little pocket robot named Wiki so it's sort of like Tweaky but Wiki <laughs> this is before this is before Wikipedia and stuff but let me see if they can uh, let's see Jason command Wiki what's his name W I K I or W I K K I hold on no internet connection now wait a minute that's not good oh, what's going on here okay. Wiki, yeah, <laughs> it's like it just it almost looks like a, like an an NES on, on with feet. It's like a this crappy little robot, but a very similar name to Tweaky Wiki. Oh, here's someone that made their own wiki. Okay. All right, that's someone's attempt to make wiki. Yeah, Jason of Star Command, great show. <laughs> oh. This is a whole episode, Wiki to the Rescue. 
A very sh shitty little robot. <laughs> yes. Danger hides in the stars. Yes, the it does. Of Jason of Star Command. Copyright 1978. <laughs> a space-age soldier of fortune determined to stop the most sinister force in the universe. Dragos, master of the cosmos. Aiding Jason in his battle against evil is a talented team of experts. All working together in a secret section of space James Doohan, of course. Jason of Star Command. In our last episode, the Academy was falling toward Hold a on, blazing I'm trying to see sun. if we can find the, the wiki had... robot. I want every ship that Star Command possesses. Yes. There he is. <laughs> Through wiki out in his face. Enough of wiki. Oh my god, what a crappy robot. Oh my god. But yeah, there. I mean, there is such an incredible, uh, you know, history of robots, and they're all over the place. Interestingly, um, well, sort sort of like, you know, what is a robot? I know that there's there's a, there's a few large categories of of robots. There's the uh, the generally humanoid ones that are sort of like the Star Wars droids that are you know. Con con have a computer mind, you know, they're, they're completely, um, artificial, you know, uh, and then there's the giant robots, the mecha genre, like Gundam, which, you know, is, even a guy I work with has gotten into Gunpla, which is a, a gun, Gundam models, it's like this huge thing out over in Asia is to make models of, of the various Gundam robots, Gundam being a, a long-running uh, anime series, and manga, I'm assuming, about these giant robots. But these robots are more of the variety that are being driven by people or aliens, right? So it's it's sort of like the robotic body is just sort of it's, it's sort of like a vehicle. So then we have that genre where um, the Daleks from Doctor Who, for example, are actually a vehicle for a, a, a life form. Um, I think. You can, in general, call them robots. And it, it can be, it gets a bit, you know, strict or didactic to sort of say they're not robots. But, uh, for example, there is that company that made that shirt of all the robots, which we'll get to. I have, I have the web page open. Um, when they put uh, Daleks on there, people complained because Daleks are not robots. Well, it's a robotic body, right, being controlled by an organic being, you know. And I think most of the mechas are that way too, you know, like Mazinga or, or. Um, Voltron, Golion, you know, all, all of these giant robots uh, that are being driven by people are, are more vehicles as, as opposed to, but they, they have sort of a humanoid form or sort of an animal form, Golion. They were lions that formed into a giant human, yes. Anyway, um, and then you have cyborgs, which is uh, sort of like, um, what would you say, the Cybermen in, uh, in Doctor Who and, of course, Robocop. This is where a human being has been sort of there's there's a human mind in there somewhere, a human brain in there somewhere, but most of the body has been replaced by, uh, or some of the body, you know, even the six million dollar man is a cyborg. Some of some of the body has been replaced by robotic parts, right? So you have cyborgs, you have vehicles, and then you have the actual robots. I mean, which is a computer controlled mind, and sometimes it really does overlap. There's there's so many of these characters, but you know where where does it actually come? Where does this come from? This idea of uh, a mechanical man, you know. I think it, 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 it goes back to the idea of the creation of life, right? Um, 
you know, the idea uh, originally of, of golems, that, you know, sort of like only the gods can breathe life in, into something, but that man seeking to be like God is creating uh, creating life. And so stories like Frankenstein is, is a golem, right? It's sort of a, I know golems in the past could be made of clay or made of anything, and then you breathe life into it and it becomes to life. Uh, so Frankenstein is technically like a flesh golem, um, where you sort of stitch together body parts and then bring it back to life with with lightning from a lightning storm. It's alive! Yes. Um, so those were early kind of forms of, of, of robots. But then um, the idea of doing this without sort of playing God, uh, just creating a mechanical man, this really sort of rose up with our technology. Um, the idea of creating a humanoid uh, work replacement worker um, has been part of the dream. I think that's where robot comes from. It's sort of a was it a check word for like like forced labor? I was looking at the etymology. It's something like that. The idea that rather than humans toiling at manual labor, you could create a mechanical man to to do that work, so people can take it easy and chill out and relax and have some fun. Um, as till today, we still have not really gotten to that point, right, where we have humanoid robots of different levels, and we've been trying it out, but they're more fanciful. Obviously, we have worker robots that are much more specialized, you know, like, like those robotic arms, which, which were really big. Um, specialized factory work, especially when it's in a set place, and it can be programmed with repeated motions. Um, not quite yet that humanoid uh, robot worker replacement, right? Now, there's another angle to all this, which is that um, the need for these, uh, these independent humanoid workers was, in some theories, the, the origin of the human race, that we, the human race, were uh, created as robots, right? And we're as a very advanced technology to do work for some other race, right? So that we are the robots. So it's almost sort of like, are we robots making robots? Yeah, it's a whole, it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. But I've talked a lot about um, the potential of, of robots. Why can't we have, for example, you, I see these delivery trucks, UPS, Amazon, Postal Service, DHL, who even knows who these, so many delivery services there's a, a person driving the truck. They have to park in front of your house, go in the back, grab the box, go onto your porch, drop it off, and go back in their truck. You know, they scan it, they go back in their truck. <clears throat> now, why can't this be automated? We know that self-driving cars, for example, are a kind of robot. <clears throat> and that technology seems to be pretty far along. It's almost to the point that... Um, almost to the point that it can be deployed. It is being deployed. Uh, uh, robotic trucks and cars, uh, they call them self-driving, but they really are like robots um, because the amount of uh, decisions that need to be made on the road are a, a bit less, right? They're talking about uh, in terms of uh, trucking or, or uh, uh, big rig trucks, right? Once you're on an interstate highway, right, you pretty much just need to, uh, you know, go forward and then if there's something blocking you, stop going forward. And then if there's something, and then if the blockage, if there's a traffic jam, slow down and stop. And then if there's a space in front of you, go, right? 
And I know there could be some, you know, about changing lanes, you know, like shifting lanes, passing, and everything else. But it's a much more limited uh, set of uh, parameters. So they're saying that is, and then maybe for the local roads, they'll have, for the time being, have humans uh, drive them. Um, <clears throat> but I'm saying, how about a robot that can just carry a box from the back of the truck to your porch, right? Why don't they have that? That seems, that would seem to be really called for in this situation. And I think that <clears throat> it is the uh, perhaps uh, non-obvious or, uh, uh, you know, um, level of complexity in, in everyday tasks, right? Um, imagine you've pulled up to in front of a house and now you need to, grabbing the package is easy, but now you have to step out, walk up to the porch, drop it off, and then come back. And that this is where there are uh, potentially millions or billions of different subcategories and divisions you know what 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 if there's a snake on the ground what if there is a pla- a, 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 a a cardboard box right underneath you when you're stepping off what if there's a dog or a cat what if there's a person standing in front of you like what, there's so many different scenarios that we don't really think about because <coughs> we have the uh, capacity to say deal with all of these um, potential things. You know, you step out of the truck, you grab the box. Oh, here's a kid riding ri- riding a tricycle down the street. Oh, he fell over. Oh, you know, like, what do you do? You know, we don't always really know what to do, but we can sort of figure it out, you know. In terms of a, a robot, it would need to, you know, have the sensory input, visual and radar and LIDAR and all these things. Um, but would also need to be able to decide what to do. And this is where AI comes in, right? Right now, in general, right, when you're programming a, a robot these days, you kind of have to have all these if-then. Oh, if you see this, then that, you know. And I think it beca- the tasks we're talking about, which is replacing a human worker, ideally with a robot that's around the shape and size of a human being to do the work for us, that can actually come into your house and clean up your house and do your laundry and do your dishes and stuff like that. Just doing the laundry, just carrying a box to the porch, just doing the dishes is vastly complex, apparently. Though I, if I was given the challenge without any background, I would imagine you could write a few thousand uh, if-then statements and perhaps get, get it done, but apparently it doesn't work that way. So AI will be a system where you <clears throat> you don't have to write, um, you know, like doing... If object is made of cloth, then wash it. Well, not everything made of cloth in your house are you going to wash, you know. What about those pot holders? You can wash them, but you don't really wash them all the time, you know. Um, the idea is you create a system that has the capacity to create those if-thens, but you don't have to write them. It, it, it's a system that will write vastly complex code through a learning process, Right. So you're creating a learning system. Anyway, this kind of AI could uh, absolutely uh, revolutionize the world. Once you have worker robots that are about the size and shape of humans that can do our work for us, um, the idea is that they're all connected through a worldwide network and everything that they're learning, right, through interaction with people. Oh, no, don't, don't do it that way. Do it this way, right? Every And you're talking about millions and millions of these units all over the world interacting with people, going into a central database, and learning how to do things, right, and and do things well. And I don't think necessarily we're going to be dealing with 
it, it gaining consciousness and taking over the world, which I know is the basis of all these stories, but it simply will become um, able to perform tasks that we want it to perform. And under, understanding natural language, for example, all sorts of things. And, and the, the, the repercussions of this is huge, right? There'll be no more poverty. There'll be no more hunger. There will be, uh, you know, no more garbage. You know, you, you, you can get rid of all garbage. Um, it will reshape the world incredibly, which itself is, uh, you know, a big question. Is, is it okay to reshape the world? If there's no one watching, I guess we can. But if there's some beings overseeing us and they don't want that to happen, then maybe it, may, it won't happen. But anyway, um, it is this big thing impending. Um, and the fact that we're in 2022 and there aren't robots walking down the street yet, maybe in some areas, not in my area, seems a bit odd. Um, you know, but anyway, beyond the reality of robots, they have really been um, a huge part of our minds and our cultures and things we think about as a type of character. Uh, for example, wh wh who was that? Se remember Sexy Robot uh, Soriyama? I think there was some sort of a, <coughs> a brand of vodka that was using Soriyama style. Uh, yeah, Hajime Soriyama. He, he's an artist that produces uh, images of sexy robots. Yeah, and I remember always seeing like art books, sexy robot art books in like the comic stores back then. Yeah, these are all sort of like human women just with robotic features. What was the vodka, though? Vodka. But yeah, I mean, sort of like, uh, apparently, like, I, gu I guess uh, sex robots are... Sexy robot vodka? <laughs> Hold on. I guess sex robots are on the rise. There's a, a lot of the more salacious news sites are always talking about the, the latest uh, sex robots the rich are buying. Um... I can't find. Oh, Svet Svedka, Svedka vodka. There you go. I don't think it's Soriyama, but it's 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 a sexy robot. Yeah. But yeah, there's all these articles saying that uh, you know robots will provide you know sexual companionship for people, and so it'll even further reduce the the, the contact people have with each other. You know, which sort of reminds you of the fe uh, of of. The female robots, either the fembots from the uh, $6 million man and bionic woman series, they were these female robots, and of course the Stepford Wives, um, a very nefarious uh, story where these men, I guess they killed their wives and replaced them with perfect robot copies that would be much more obedient. <laughs> and that, I think, goes to show, you know, using robots to sort of reshape the world to your liking, you know, and that's kind of... Um, Again, kind of like playing God in a way, you know, to uh, to sort of want to reshape your world and using robots to do it. But um, <clears throat> let's take a look at this shirt because this this is actually really interesting. Uh, this place called the Chop Shop, ChopShopStore.com. They used to have all these great pop culture shirts like robots, aliens, spaceships, weapons, right? And then they stopped making them. And uh, I had my robot shirt for many years, and I, it was gray with white graphics, and it's just sort of the outline of all these famous robots. 
and it was, wasn't there that great moment in Austin, Texas, a long time ago, where me and then some random guy on the street in Austin was also wearing the same shirt. And there's a picture of us together wearing that robot shirt. Now, I had thought that company stopped making all these shirts and was just making like uh, NASA shirts or something. But now I go there and they're they're back. They're back with these shirts. But look at this shirt. This shirt is kind of a the original shirt is kind of um you know a a, a keystone uh, to a, a Rosetta Stone of of robots in pop culture. You have Astro Boy. You know what? I never really saw that on TV, Astro Boy, but he's he, he's a boy robot. You have Crow and uh, Tom Servo from Mystery Science Theater 3000, which is interesting because I've, uh, I've, I've just been watching uh, the movie Crawl, that really bad 80s movie Crawl, uh, with riff tracks in, incorporated into it. So um, their enemies, the Slayers, are kind of like robots, but they have like weird little squid controllers. So they're almost like Daleks in a way. Um, but yeah, th- these two guys were in Mystery Science Theater 3000. You know, the TV show where you see the guy and the two robots in the corner making jerky comments about the movie. That That's awesome. <clears throat> There's K-9, of course, that one of the greatest robots ever. The dog robot from Doctor Who. Um, Marvin, the depressed android from... I think that was from the uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy um, movie. But then there also was one in the, the BBC TV show. Which is also on this on this piece, yeah. Two versions of Marvin the Depressed Android, which all which is very similar, I think, to uh, Quark, the TV, the short-lived TV show Quark, kind of like Get Smart in Space. Uh, not that it you know is made by the same creative team, and um, like Buck Henry was involved, I think. But they had Andy, Andy the kind of cowardly robot, which was pretty cool. And again, a total classic '70s like shitty robot. And there's a Huey, Dewey, or Louie from uh, Silent Running, which I haven't seen that in a long time. Of course, Hal, the AI from 2001 A Space Odyssey. Kind of a robot, I guess. Um, And there is, what's his name, from uh, The Black Hole. I tried watching that movie again, man. That movie, that's a Disney movie. They tried to make their own Star Wars, and The Black Hole just kind of sucked. But you had had this robot, and then you had Old Bob, which is like an old robot, right? And uh, it's you don't often see old robots, like robots that are meant to be like like older or elderly, <laughs> you know. Um, and then there was another robot in here that's sort of a larger military robot. And there's a uh, Conky from uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse. Another good, that's a good robot. Um, Tweaky, of course, and uh, Robbie the robot, and uh, and uh, the robot from. Um, from Lost in Space, who were kind of similar. That's a certain style of robot. There weren't too many of these. I know Robbie the Robot has this riddled history. Um, was it from Forbidden Planet, maybe? Uh, and then and then the uh, the Lost in Space robot was, again, like repurposed for some like really crappy like Croft show, Mysterious Island or something. But these are very iconic robots. Robbie the Robot, I don't know, doesn't really have much of a personality as far as I can tell, but... You know, the robot from Lost in Space is one of the best. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. Shut up, you mechanic eyes. You know, a robot, some weird old dude, and this little boy. That's what the show devolved into. I know there were some other characters. That was the main thing. Uh, You have uh, the robot from Berserk. Let's just play some Berserk one. I mean, I have MAME. Let's just play Berserk. I mean, why not? You know, this, this is a classic, like, evil robot game. Because, you know... 
as much as robots can be our friends, they could potentially also be our enemies and kill us. And in most most movies with robots, they the robots go crazy and kill everyone, you know, which is probably not going to be the scenario in real life. But you know, but like if, if you have a story, hey, there's a bunch of robots and they just do work and they're cool. Like, what kind of movie is that? That's going to be kind of a boring movie. It could be a good movie. I don't know. <laughs> Come on, let's go. But this 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 one has some very iconic ooh <laughs> voice lines. Yeah, and of course, I see the bezel here, the kind of the graphics around there, and uh, the robots look very different than in the actual game. Coins detected in pocket. Coins detected in pocket. This is where you're in a very rudimentary maze and you're just shooting robots. Target. Destroy it. Destroy it. And when you shoot them, there's a weird little smiley face in the explosion. Get the humanoid. Get the human. Because then there's another robot, assumedly called Evil Otto, which is a weird, like, smiley face that comes to kill you. Chicken fight like a robot. Chicken fight like a robot. This is great. This is... Get the intruder. Intruder alert. Intruder alert. Why is Evil Otto coming out so quickly? Oh man, that was such a great game, and it brings back memory. My uh, pop passed on uh, earlier this year, and that was one of his favorite video games. He, he worked in an arcade and repaired video games. It isn't as if my father, and it was somewhat business, but he had fun doing it. He, he couldn't fool me either. He, he was way too good at games like this to just, ha oh, I have to know how they work so I can tell if they're operating proper. Yeah, yeah. You're working those long shifts at the mall all day long at an arcade, and uh, yeah, you're playing the games, and it's fine, but uh, I won't tell on you, Pop. Oh, yeah. Uh, here, intruder alert, intruder alert. That was a real golden age of just the basic. When an arcade was so simple, the more complicated and graphics-heavy the games became, the less social it was and the more staring at a screen it became, maybe? I don't know. Uh, but that uh, late 70s, early 80s arcade culture it was just a few years you know like uh, video shop culture was just a few precious years and it was so so wonderful it really was um and you know early robots for me were on fireball xl5 there was robert the robot he was just great and partly transparent the puppet robot you can't beat puppet robots it's it's two treats in one and that, that yeah and the, of course you all know that the lost in space the original that's one of my favorite tv shows of all time so that robot is well past iconographic and uh, uh i don't think anybody mentioned at least not yet the andy kaufman heartbeeps up to where andy plays 
a robot. I mean, it's an, it really is. I, I want that movie to be good. And every so often, every few years, I watch it thinking somehow, you know, oh, this time I'm going to see. And no, it's just, it has some interest. I mean, the costuming and certain points have um, their interesting moments, but it's really hard to watch and it's a terrible plot and yes it's true tweaky was the worst of all robots and i remember fruitcake toothpaste was doing some experiments with furbies and uh, i th i think at a certain point it overwhelmed him and he had to pack pull the batteries out of all of them pack them away in boxes where they would never do that again uh, it uh, i i i think he had some sort of like extreme furby experience doing that which i could see happening those things were insidious and you get them to start talking to one another in a big flock of them or something oh you could lose your mind no oh but uh let us uh, continue frank uh, I, I i just i had to interrupt fight like a robot. yes robots have that vocoder type voice of course Well, that's when speech synthesis was at that level. You know? <laughs> Kill the chicken. Alert, intruder alert. Data humanoid. Data intruder. <laughs> nice. That's a good game. Data humanoid. Data intruder. <clears throat> Data intruder. Intruder alert, intruder alert. How am I doing? Like a 750. No! Inter initials, okay. And then there was Fre Frenzy, which was the sequel, which uh, introduced more robots. <laughs> well, there are a lot of robots in video games. I mean, way too many. You know, so many. Frenzy. Okay, here's Frenzy. Hey, kitty. I don't know if there's that many cat robots, though I did write a song. A cat god robot on film she likes to see. That was a uh, crazy planto. Here's Frenzy. I don't know if it has the voices though. There's like skeleton robots and weird little like bulbous robots on this one. Maybe they tried to save money and get rid of the voice. I don't know. Robot attack. Robot attack. Okay. There's an. All right. So they do talk. Evil Otto is trying to get me here. This evil smiley face. Yes, kitty. Yes, kitty. I'm playing Frenzy. And whatever. And, of course, Robotron comes to mind as well. You have to save the last human family. This, this was a big game. Kind of hard to play. <clears throat> on the keyboard, but because you have that twin stick, <laughs> twin twin stick action happening, right? Yeah. But this is you're fighting a lot of robots, and maybe you are a robot too. I'm not sure. All right, here we go. Insert coin for credits. Fire anti-robot laser in eight directions using right stick to defend yourself. Rescue your family for bonus points. So, are you a robot or are you a human? Save the last human family, Robotron 2084. 
inspired by his never-ending quest for progress. In 2084, man perfects the Robotrons, a robot species so advanced that man is inferior to his own creation. Guided by their infallible logic, the Robotrons conclude the human race is inefficient and therefore must be destroyed. See, that's sort of the story of all these, the Terminator and everything. You are the last hope of mankind. Due to a genetic engineering error, you possess superhuman powers. Your mission is to stop the Robotrons and save the last human family. So it's not your family, really. It's You have Mom, Dad, and Little Mikey. All right, let's play. Very iconic sound effects. A lot of robots. There's like little robots, the big hulking robots. And that is game over. <laughs> anyway. Let's get back to the the shirt here. Um Gigantor, that that robot. I don't ever really saw the, any any media of that. That's the one with the, the pointy nose. That's a cool one. Um, Rock'em Sock'em Robots was a classic toy back in uh, in in the seventies. We everyone had it. Everyone had Rock'em Sock'em Robots. It was a little. I think it was from Mark's Toys, maybe. A little boxing ring, and you had to punch the knock your block off. And there is a Mecha Godzilla, and there of course was also a Mecha Kong. You know, when you have giant robots, you know you want to sort of. Um, make robot versions of them. So you have Robot Godzilla, Robot Kong. And then, you know, one that I really didn't see a lot on TV was the Jet Jaguar, Jet Jaguar which was a uh, an Ultraman-like giant robot that could, could fight uh, the kaiju. Kaiju are sort of biological giant monsters. But then the robots, like that uh, Pacific Rim, right? Uh, they had those giant robots that, you, that suits you could go into to fight the giant monsters. There's Mega Man... You know, I've played a lot of Mega Man, but not that... I mean, I'm not a huge Mega Man fan, That, but that's a big series of uh, video games, especially on NES. The Tin Man from uh, from Wizard of Oz, I'm not sure. Is he actually a robot, or is he a golem, or what is he? I don't know. Uh, Gort from this planet, this island Earth, of course. Humanoid robot. There's a Cyberman. You know, R2-D2, get into all of... And C-3PO, of course, so... R2-D2 and C-3PO are two of the biggest robots. Of course, uh, the Metropolis robot is is uh, is sort of their progenitor, the 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 one that started it all is that humanoid robot, um, that Art Deco kind of style. But of course, you know when you talk about Star Wars and droids, there's so many classic ones. I've always 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 been partial to R5-D4, the red R2-D2 that explodes. It was the will of the Force, obviously, to destroy the poor R5-D4. And of course, IG88, the robot, uh, the droid uh, uh, bounty hunter, was like a class. I remember getting the action figure out of Montana. It was very hard to find IG88. Uh, but yeah, so I love the Star Wars stuff. There's Bubo the Owl, the stop motion robot owl from uh, Clash of the Titans. And then the Cylons uh, from the original Battlestar Galactica, and then the revamped one. Uh, Cylons were definitely robots, I believe. They weren't and androids, though they weren't cyborgs, I don't think. Um, 
then we have Terminator, uh, of course, the mini Terminator. Terminator has been a major robot, and I really think that you know they're they're robots. They're they're not human. An AI created them to destroy humanity, just like in Robotron. They determined uh, humans should be destroyed. Um, I really love the TV series, uh, the Sarah Connor Chron- Sarah Connor Chronicles, and there's a Terminator named Cameron, played by uh, what's her name? Uh, I'm never gonna remember her name, but anyway, she's really good in it. She's the one who played uh, River Tam in Firefly. Firefly, I don't think has any robots. Um, she she's an act an actress of sort of limited acting range, so she plays like mind control people or robots very well. Um, but she did a great job playing Cameron, and they never humanized her. You know, she never really had human emotions. She never really grew as a character being around the people. She's like, I was designed to kill you. John Connor's like, do you want to kill me now? She's, yes, I do, but I can't. I've been programmed not to kill you. <laughs> I thought I thought it was great. They were very consistent with, with the um, the Terminators. Then we have uh, the, 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 the robot on the cover of the Queen album, News of the World, right? The Iron Giant, and there's that uh, Metropolis robot, a Rosie, the robot made from the Jetsons, of course, and there's... I don't know if that's Mazinga. You know, we actually, in in terms of the Japanese mecha genre, we got not too much of the. T- we, you know, later in the '80s, we were getting like Voltron and stuff, but which was Go Lion. But um, we did have, uh, you know, and I think Macross also, which had some mecha elements. Um, but we had this the Shogun Warriors, which was a, a line of toys that. Um, these giant like plastic robots that were amazing and we had uh, we had um mazinga right we had we had great mazinga and then there was then there was guy king um and we we, we said look his name is gay king he's gay <laughs> i remember i remember that he's a gay king instead of guy king chogo king i never saw him but yeah we we had mazinga and then they also had um the kaiju so they had Godzilla we had Godzilla and Rodan in that form as well but yeah man Mazinga was great just a great giant robot Guy King Jumbo Shogun Roar these these probably cost a pretty penny these days obviously I would imagine um there's a bunch more though I don't know all the names though but yeah that that was a cool aspect of uh robots back then uh what else do we have here we have the uh War of the Worlds tripods, which I think were more vehicles. Then you had the, uh, in the Matrix, those squid robots. Those are definitely robots. Um, Bender from uh, Futurama, a show that, I, I really don't like any of that guy's show. I don't like Simpsons or Futurama or any of it. I mean, I did like it at one point, but there's just something mean-spirited about it, the whole thing. I don't know what it is. Anyway, let's not even worry about that. There's there, there Here's a great robot, ED-209 from RoboCop. Yes, 209. And they have Dr. Theopolis. And there's uh, the Maximilian, I think, from uh, Black Hole. Um, Boxy. Was his name Box? No. Um, Daggett, right? From the original Bastard Galactica, this, this kid Boxy had a robot dog. Um, and then we have the droid Dacos, you know, the destroyers from uh, Phantom Menace. And TikTok from uh, some of the... Uh, I think from the Return to Oz, he was a mechanical man, TikTok. More definitely a robot than the Tin Man, yeah. So anyway, this company, uh, Chop Shop, they came back. I they came back with it with their robot shirt and they increased they added forty robots to the shirt. 
Originally released in 2008, with only 51 icons, we are celebrating the design that gave birth to, to, to Chop Shop. Now featuring 91 different robots from film, television, literature, comics, toys, and one, even two, from classic rock history. Can you find all 91? So, And their eyes glow in the dark. So let's just take a look here. Let's see. <clears throat> I mean, I, I might get the updated one, but I don't know. It, it, it kind of feels like that ship has sailed, you know. It, I, I mean, I it, it was a whole phase of my life, but um, immediately I see the DRDs from uh, from Farscape because I'm watching Farscape now. Uh, we see uh, just trying box from Logan's Run, of course. Seven Zark Seven, yes, the uh, the replacement robot for um, what was it called? Battle of the Planets, which was. Uh, an American version of Gachaman. And um, the original cartoon, it's about these five space warriors that they have a spaceship that turns into a phoenix and they're all wearing like bird helmets. And the show was so violent, they had to cut so many scenes that they created Seven Zark Seven, kind of a shitty robot, to uh, to do narration for all the stuff they had to cut because the Japanese version was so violent. <laughs> <coughs> There's the master control program from Tron. Just trying to, I'm, I'm, I'm just sort of scanning this to see. And and uh, Yul Brenner from Westworld, of course. Yes. I'm just trying to see if this, how, how many I can easily identify here. Additional robots. Is, it was was there a, was that guy a robot from Red Dwarf? I'm not sure. I never really got that into Red Dwarf, but at some time I might want to watch more Red Dwarf. But yeah, they have a bunch more robots here. Um, scanning it. Anyway, it's good to know that the robot shirt is back and the DRDs, of course. I would never would have recognized it. Oh, there, there's that Japanese robot with, like, the sphinx head. Yeah. All right, anyway, let's close this out. Because <laughs> I have many other lists of robots here. Let's, let's look at this one. Anything we haven't covered yet on this page? No. I think of all these robots. Well, what was the the Woody Allen robot? What was that all about? Sleeper? Was he a robot? Or I thought he was a person. Did he become a robot, or... There's Woody Excuse Allen. Me. Mr. Allen? Is that your new movie you're working on? This? No. I'm a clarinet player in 1973. I go into the hospital for a lousy operation. I wake up 200 years later, and I'm Flash Gordon. What's the name of the film? The name of the film is Sleeper. Basically, it's an intellectual film. Most of the scenes in it are of a cerebral, almost didactic nature, and there's very little overt comedy in the film. What type of role do you play? I play a generally calm, subdued, in control, leading man. It's a dignified role. You're the alien! You won't give me away, will you? You're a nice person. I think he was... Alright, so maybe he dressed up as a robot to escape or something? I don't know. I haven't seen that movie in a long time. Uh, oh, here's the evolution of robots in movies. So, fake Maria from Metropolis, yes. The killer. So that was in 1927. Tin Man, 1939. Killer Robot, the mysterious of the mysterious Doctor Satan, 1940. Robbie's Forbidden Planet. I'm trying to see if there's anyone's here that we haven't. Vincent is the robot from uh, Black Hole. Johnny Five from Short Circuit in 86. Of course, Mr. Data from Star Trek. He is a robot. 
and 87 Data is a major robot. Otherwise, Star Trek does not really have a lot of robots, right? Yeah. Uh, anything else important here? <laughs> the battle droids, of course. Roger, Roger. Yes. Uh, the Transformers. Are, are they robots or are they, are they a robotic life form? I never really got into those any of those Transformers movies. Are any, I was a little too old to get into the Transformers TV show, by the way. Wally, you know, this kind of I, I saw that movie, but I have no desire to see that again, the Pixar movie. And then there's TARS from Interstellar in twenty fourteen, like the giant weird box robot. That's kinda of cool, almost like a monolith. I kinda of, I think I saw that movie once. And there's BB eight from Star Wars The Force Awakens, it's like <laughs> a ball an orange ball version of R two D two. Another guy to robots, the Iron Giant. Of course that's a big one. The uh, the Sentinels from X Men, these giant robots that were that were created to fight mutants. Yeah, real robots like was it Asimo from Honda Corporation? So many robots, so many ro- there's so many robots out there. You know, I mean, like too many, almost too many robots. What is this one? This is a cool. Where's Wally? This is a cool work of art. Let me see if any of these are worth talking about. Oh, another one from Buck Rogers was Crichton. I forgot about him. He was more of a human, a taller robot. Crichton. He had more of like a C three PO sort of. He 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 was sort of like a nervous kind of robot guy. Crichton, and he was criticizing everyone. And then Crichton from Red Red Dwarf. Okay, so that yeah. Okay, so Crichton and Crichton. Okay. Robot Butler from Sleeper. Okay, so maybe he was pretending to be the robot Butler. Damn, this, this, I don't even know a lot of the robots in this one. <clears throat> oh, Bad Robot from the uh, Bad Robot Productions that made, like, Lost and stuff, yeah. This is too many, almost too many robots, okay? But anyway, one of the greatest robots ever. A bit more on the obscure side is Syphil's robot, so let's just check out. We need to check out, check out a little bit of this. Syphil and Ollie, Episode 7, Syphil's robot. This is one of the classic robots. Very shitty robot, but it was meant to be. One of the few puppet robots. There's not a there's not a lot of robot puppets. One, two, three, and Ollie. This is the best. MTV in the late nineties, Syphil and Ollie. Chester. Hi, I'm Ollie, and this is my... Hello, everybody. Who the hell are you? I'm Stiffle. No, you're not. Stiffle programmed me. What the hell's going on here? Stiffle programmed me to do the show. Look, folks, I don't know what the hell's going on here, but... Well, let's take some calls. Hi, everybody. Hello what? there, television viewers. I can do it. Okay. I will now ha. take the first call. Okay, everybody. This is... Go ahead. I can do Sip it. One freaking Ollie, this uh. is your landlord. <coughs> Hi, you sir. You know what I'm calling about? No. I, uh, I just uh, drove by the property and there was a giraffe eating popcorn out of your basketball hoop. We are oh, sorry, why sir. Why is there a giraffe on my freaking property? We are you sure it was sorry. a giraffe? Yes, I'm sure it was a giraffe. For, First the freaking monkeys and now the uh-huh. freaking giraffe. Get them out of there. We're just raining them for a little while. 
They cleaned out your gutters. What? We, they ate all the leaves out of the gutters. You, you get these freaking animals Okay, we better take another call now. Uh, okay, next hey, caller. Hey, dude. Hey. Hello, master. Hello, master. What are you doing? Where are you? Um, out doing some... What are you, get back here, man. What is this... What is this robot? Uh, that's, that's there for me. So, uh, so I split. I, what the hell are you doing? What is this ro- Where did you get a robot? I just made him. Yeah, I just needed. I've needed a day like today for a long time just to get all that stuff done. I've been well, so do I, but I love you, well, master. Yeah, I'm, I built a robot for it. So. Well, get back here. I don't want to do this. What? Okay, what you'll you be get, fine. What made you think I wanted to do the show with a robot? Well, it's, it's a pretty good robot. And it's a jerk. Yeah. Anyways, hey, robot. Uh, speech sample number ten. What? No, no, no. So that gives you an idea. You can watch I recommend watching the entire episode of uh Syphil's Robot, but yes, really good stuff. <clears throat> then of course we get to uh one of my favorite categories of robots, robots at Epcot Center. And there's a whole video called The Robots of Epcot Center. You can look that one up. There are there are so many, some of which I seen and some of which I did not, but there's um a lot of robots that most of them are not there anymore, but they are still symbols of you know for collectibles and stuff. A smart one was a robot that I do I, I play a bit on uh, the other side. Maybe I can find that clip. He he was just sort of a purple short purple robot that you could actually talk to, but it did have a rudimentary form of speech, uh, you know, analysis, and it and it could uh, it was actually uh, like a computer. It wasn't a a lot of the other ones are people remote controlling a robot and talking through it, but. Let me see if I have that 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 clip. Yeah, this is it. I too am one of man's latest and greatest means of communication. Smart one. Were Huey, Dewey, and Louie nephews of Donald Duck? Yes. Smart kid. Let's take a quick spin around Communicorp. I think you're going to like the place. That was the sounds of Communicorp. Actually, let me. Uh... Let me uh, put that on the next uh, other side because I haven't played it in a while. This is sort of behind the scenes of the other side. Let's see. It's F-126 as the designation. And then we will find Communicore. <laughs> Sorry, excuse me. I'm, I'm doing some behind the scenes work here. Yes, I'll throw that in there. And b- by the way, this clip, uh, 3 minutes, 27 seconds, the sounds of Communicore has been on... Hold on. Has been on one, two, three, four, five, six, seven episodes of the Overnightscape, but the other side, over the over the many years that I've been doing the other side, and this will be the eighth the eighth uh, one. But yeah, there's a bunch of other robots. Like for example, in the ride Horizons, which was my favorite ride and a lot of people's favorite ride. Um, there was the future from the 1920s where you had this cool robot butler vacuuming the floor and a crazy uh, robot chef in the kitchen and uh, doing the dishes and stuff. And uh, that was great. And then there's also underwater robots um, exploring the sea floor. But um, Epcot also had like wandering robots like Psycho and Gyro and Jiro. Um, I don't know if I ever saw those. And you had Jason a robot from the living seas an underwater robot they had bird and robot i remember that from uh it was just that robot arm that was used to build cars 
with a little... I mean, obviously, all the audio animatronics are robots at Disney World, right? Um, they're not quite robots, though, because they're robotic, but they're they're just controlled by... Originally, they were controlled by magnetic tape and then by, just by a computer program. So they're robotic forms, but they're not really independent. They can't operate independently, which is a, a hallmark of robots. But obviously, all the robotic figurines in Disney are a big one. Then there was Tom Morrow, Electronic. Uh, I think those were in interventions after they demolished Communicore. And then there were the F-Bots, sort of uh, just people dressed in robot costumes. And uh, then they had robot championships there, too. So a lot of stuff going on there. <clears throat> we have a list of fictional robots. Let me just go through this list. See if any, anything we miss that's, that's important. Wasn't there? I remember there was a. There, remember that show Holmes and Yo-Yo, was about this a, a pair of cops and one of them was robotic. And then also there was a, a robot in a, Get Smart. The previously mentioned Get Smart, uh, Jaime, the the robot, the robot uh, policeman or agent or something. <laughs> and those robots, it was just a person, and then but then there was sort of a panel on their chest you can open up, revealing like a bunch of wires and lights and stuff. Yeah. In music, of course, we have Mr. Roboto, Damo Arigato, Mr. Roboto. That's a good song. By Styx. Of course, in uh, the movie Alien, you had uh, Ash, who's a robot, a goddamn robot. And, of course, Bishop in Aliens, another another robot. that In that world, they had, uh, like, androids, you know. that They looked like people, but, you know, they weren't. They were robots. Damn, just endless. Frankenstein Jr., that's a good robot from uh, the uh, the cartoon. <laughs> but yeah, then pretty much in the 70s and 80s, like in the 80s, especially all those like those teen-type movies in the 80s, every every time that you went to the house of someone who was rich, they had a, like a robot butler, <laughs> you know? Usually it was just something that rolled along and carried drinks out to the pool, you know? That, that, that was the big thing. And then pretty much all any show like the you know like the Croft Super Show, um, wasn't there something like Captain Cool and the Kongs were going to be replaced by a robot? Hold on, let me see if I can find that. But like just having a segment like with a robot was, I'm sure like the Donnie and Marie show, all the variety shows, like just a robot was sort of a stock character you could bring on to kill kill a few minutes. <laughs> See, that's another big thing, a robot trying to take, like, replace you. A robot version of you trying to replace you. I don't know if I can find that particular video. Uh, no, let's not worry about it. But again, there were just robots everywhere, you know. And they kind of died down in the 80s a bit. A robot is sort of a stock character in sort of a, you know, a variety type show. Then, of course, the, the original Nintendo came with a little robot called Rob One or something. I remember my cousin Paul got that, the very first Nintendo. This completely unnecessary, like, robot. <laughs> this, like, this, like, robot toy connected to your video game system, yeah. Then, of course, all of the uh, the Blade Runner stuff, you know, uh, the replicants. They're kind of robots, right? Um, I actually have a, ro my, my, a robot name myself, you know, uh, 
when I would go on the bus, as you may recall, many years ago on the overnight skate, the bus engine, the rumbling of it caused this weird vocoder effect. I'm like, hello, I am Chaka Oaxacatron. That's my robot name, Chaka Oaxacatron. And I think I was I, I was working on a, a thing called Opifogonks about this uh, spaceship and this crew of this spaceship. I was going to make a robot for it. I think I was going to call it Chaka Oaxacatron. Uh, I'm not sure, but... Um, And then, of course, interestingly, in the in the card game Hearthstone I play, the computer card game, it takes place in a fantasy world, the world of Warcraft, but they have ro- a whole lot of robots in there. They're called mechs. And the latest expansion, uh, Voyage to the Sunken City or something, uh, they have a lot a lot more uh, mechs, which are robots. You know, M-E-C-C- M-E-C-H-S. Anyway, let's finish up here by playing one more game. I believe I can find it here. It is uh, Zachariah Pinball which, by the way, is still the best pinball game you can get on your computer, Zacharia Pinball. It's based on Italian pinball company, and they have a, a, a game called Robot. It's a pinball machine just called Robot, and of course, obviously, there's a lot of robots in pinball. Like, Pinbot was a series, and when I went to that um, pinball arcade in, in Athens, Greece, they had a whole pedestal. It used to be a disco. I, I think disco dancers used to dance there. Um... But, excuse me, um, they had the, the trilogy, uh, Pinbot, uh, the machine Bride of Pinbot, and then a Jackbot. Hello. All right. Just when we need it, it's, it, it completely crashed out. Closed the program. Okay. I think I have it on my phone, too, so if we can't get this running. <laughs> Why is everything crashing? We can do it on the phone, you know. Hold on. Let me see. We need Robot Pinball, okay? I mean... I guess I could play Pinbot as well, but I want to play just I want to play Robot. All right, let, let me let me get the phone version going just in case we we can't. Uh... Come on, Zakaria. That's <laughs> on my phone. Am I? Oh, here we go. Okay. Okay. All right. This would be a solid state. Let's find robot here. Robot from 1985. Robot. <laughs> robot. It's a robot. Yes. What was that sample? It, it's a robot. Wait, can I find that? Uh, it was it was like a Wonder Woman promo or something. I don't know if I can find it. I don't know if it says Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Sunday night is wonderful on Channel Thirty Two. At six, it's the new original Wonder Woman. Sure. That's the last name Woman. First name Wonder. Right. Then at 7.30, go into the Valley of the Space Invaders. We are the invading force. No one can stop us, not even you. And at 8, the return of Wonder Woman. <laughs> it's a robot. A wonderful I love Sunday. that. It's a robot. On Channel 32. <laughs> it's a robot. All right, let me put that one on the next uh, other side as well. See, you see, you are have an inside scoop here to the... Uh... What happened? Oh, okay, I see what happened. Excuse me while I, I fi- fix this. Okay. 
some robot related stuff here. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Anyway, let's play some robot. What do you say? Here we go. Play. Play robot. The robot from Zacharia. It's a very crazy looking psychedelic robot. What does the back glass look like? Let me see. Fly cam. Yeah, just like a, just like it's some robot dude there. A cool 70s or 80s type robot. Here we go. Let's play some robot. Because, you know, originally with these video games, they have that you know, speech synthesis chip. It was the only way to get speech in a game. This is before they could do samples. And uh, it just sounds like a robot, you know, so that naturally good for robot characters. Very robotic. But don't they have other versions of robot on here? Let, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Did they have like a retro robot? Yeah, retro robot. Robot. Retro. Robot retro. See how much fun you can have with robots? This is where they make it seem like a game from like the 60s or something. Somehow there's a lightning storm outside when I'm playing this. <laughs> this is very cool. Fake ancient robot pinball during a during a thunderstorm. But there's a yet another robot, right? Isn't there like a uh, is there a deluxe robot yet? Yes, there's a there's a there's a is there's a remake of robot, right? Yes, let's try this one out. Robot remake. <laughs> okay. Then there's a deluxe robot. There's four different robot games. <laughs> Welcome to robots, unique Hello, I am a robot. We are under attack by a robot. <laughs> Oh, this is so cool, playing during a thunderstorm. They must have added this since the last time I played. I don't remember a thunderstorm. This is a new feature. I haven't played this game in a while. Kill the robot during the thunderstorm. Why do robots talk like this? I don't know. They don't talk like that anymore because they have they just have regular speech samples. Finally, we have Robot Deluxe. Okay. Robot Deluxe. I don't they should say deluxe, not deluxe, you know. This is a robot deluxe theme song. Welcome to Robot Deluxe. Very, very cool game. I don't think I played this one too much. I should play more Robot Deluxe. I have, I have the 107th high score. I think I can do better. Thank you. <laughs> Anyways, there you go. So, some perspectives on robots. Back to you, PQ. Oh, yeah, I must say, I, I, there's something about that Zachariah pinball. I like the pinball arcade. I like that these were familiar tables. But 
there's the, the, the physics, what that's what they call them. The physics of the Zacharia pinball just seems to be that much more it feels more like a real table or something. I don't know. It's all mental in the end anyhow. But uh yep, that the, the robot game is uh, and the way they do variants of the same table is also, I guess they have a limited number of tables, so this is their way of uh, uh, keeping development going, but it, it's marvelous, and uh, uh, they're having fun, therefore I'm having fun. Bang. Well, yes, if you bang your thumb into the microphone, it will still go thud. Uh, that is a guarantee. And uh, speaking of that, with the music, the one thing uh, you forgot, uh, just one thing, that we are the robots, bum, 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 craft work. Oh, yeah, they and they had their own robots that they would send out on tour. And, up to, yeah, they, they had the robotics thing into some sort of uh, science of their own. Um, and video games, here's a little known secret. A lot of times the, the, the characters in games are robots because in Europe you can't, people can't kill people in a video game, apparently. Uh, so if they, if you're fighting mechs or cyborgs or robots so you know that they, they can skirt around is it an eu i i know it's some sort of regulation or, or was i don't know how that all works because thankfully i'm just as far as i know not really subject except to my own censorship in video games at least as far as I can tell, which that's fine. I mean, I'm sure there are games that I don't even know exist that I wouldn't want. I don't want horrible violent games. I don't want horrible sexual games. Um, I'm fine. I'm good to go. We're right here uh, at the uh, Nicho Legatora Institute and the man seven Zark seven. Oh yeah. Oh, the, I watched, I would watch that show. Um, I worked overnights in radio and I would get home ungodly early in the morning and I would catch the last, few minutes of joe franklin then that and then the great space coaster did the great space it had gary Gnu, but i don't think it had any robots so we will save that for another day uh and uh, an anime robot you know just a man who i guess he died in a car crash and was replaced with a robot who got his power his chest would open and he would pull cigarettes out and there's still clips with it, but they edited most of them out years and years ago. But Eighth Man, Tobo, the Eighth Man. Oh yeah, if 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 you don't, if you're not familiar with Tobo, the Eighth Man, it's one of those great early black and white animes that 
I remember watching when I was like five years old. Uh, yeah, over at the, the we'd go over to the Hantmans and play in the afternoon, and uh, it would be on. Oh man, the, the weird memories that just flash into one's head from four billion years ago. And Woody in Sleeper, Woody Allen in Sleeper, at one point, yes, he is being pursued and he has to escape. So he disguises himself as one of the uh, servant robots uh, for a little while to great comedic effect and there's a little robot dog too you can't forget the little robot dog goes woof woof hello i'm rags woof woof it's just woody allen when he was doing the comedy stuff was just i mean he did a lot of good drama too but that comedy stuff love and death oh what a movie and sleeper too You, you can't take that away from him and uh i too had no idea about Transformers, the robots in disguise, or whatever they might be. Uh, and I've tried to watch, and I've never seen the uh, big blockbuster movies, any of those. But I don't know. I just don't know. It just some that uh, the idea is very appealing to me, uh, uh, but I just never watched it. I, I I'm ashamed of myself. I really am. I am. I am. So uh, shall we uh, let Doc Slees have at some robots for uh, our enlightenment at this point in time? But, but of course, we should. So, do you remember Small Wonder? Of course you do. Mid to late 80s <clears throat> sitcom aimed at children um, about the little girl who was actually a robot. Remember her? She was called Vicky, Vicky the robot. Vicky, of course, standing for um, voice input child identical. See? Yeah, I'm sure you knew that. I had to look it up, but there you go. Anyway. (laughs) Her her inventor, basically, oh, this is one of the illogicalities. If, If he is such a talented um, and brilliant um, engineer, well, cybernetic engineer, then why on earth is he still working in a relatively lowly position at this bloody company? And uh, anyway, the other plot, plot logicality is that he and his wife pass this robot in the form of a little girl off as their daughter. <clears throat> they already have a son. And uh, the idea being to somehow uh, he wants to to perfect her by keeping her in a family environment, which anyway, 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 that's that's not really important. Anyway, <laughs> it's a series that's un- unfairly often um, characterized as being one of the worst television series ever, which is actually <clears throat> deeply unfair because a it was very popular in its day. And B, it was quite clearly aimed at children. And it ran in first-run syndication in the States, I know. And um, in terms of production values, performances, writing, so on, it is no better or worse than a thousand other um, such series aimed at children I've seen that have originated on both sides of the Atlantic. So, you know, 
anyway, ran for four seasons. <clears throat> um, here in the UK, I believe, we only ever saw the first two seasons, which I only intermittently saw episodes of, which is why I was aware of it. Anyway, over the past couple of years, um, <clears throat> a streaming channel, low-rent streaming channel, I, um, I often watch, has been rerunning it one episode a week. Uh, <laughs> It's fascinating because now we're in the we're just starting on on season four, but we're in a, in the middle of watching episodes that we never saw in the UK. And the interest of Small Wonder is there's a lot of interesting things about it actually. It um, one thing it underlines the problem you have of portraying robots on screen with human actors, because of course. Think about a robot is because it's you know uh, a mechanism a device. It's not going to ever look old, even if it, even if it mimics like like Vicky the robot does. Even it mimics in its appearance a human being and mimics this external appearance pretty much perfectly. And she does. A robot is never going to going to grow old. Actors, unfortunately, human actors who play them do. And that's a problem. Well, it's a problem enough when you have an adult actor playing a role. <clears throat> I mean, Star Trek The Next Generation, um, you know, um, it's the problem they have with that, with um, Brent Spiner, of course, his, his, uh, by his own admissions, he says himself, that's, that's the problem. He's aged, whereas, of course, Data, who he played in reality, wouldn't have. It is a problem to be overcome. Every time he makes a reappearance in whatever incarnation of Star Trek, um, as Data, yeah, how do you explain the fact he suddenly looks older when he shouldn't? But that problem showed <clears throat> tenfold in Small Wonder, of course, because uh, the girl playing Vicky, of course, uh, she may have started as a little girl of about ten years old. But very quickly, because she did like all children do, particularly at that age group, she um, she started to grow and grow up, which became problematic for the makers of the series. They they had to um, and you, and watching the episodes one after the other, even on a weekly basis, when I, it's so apparent that uh, you know th th this kid is is growing up, you know. Um, Everything about her is she gets older, you know, she gets taller for one thing, her facial features begin, you know, um, change slightly and, oh, it, it look older and, you know, it's, it's quite fascinating to watch. But, of course, she shouldn't really be doing that. And they have to add in all sorts of explanations in the script of, 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 of her, um, her surrogate father um stroke stroke creator um having to make alterations to an upgrades to her to make her look older to disguise the fact that she is a rogue nobody else is meant to know she's a robot for the purposes of the plot especially so when she goes to, when she attends school she you know has so that draw draw suspicion although why didn't just homeschool her i don't know but there you go another plot of logicality but if they'd done that they wouldn't have got all the storylines they got because obviously, if this if this this robotic little girl attended school and never got any older, she moved from class to class. It would look a little bit odd. 
which um, <clears throat> you referred, no doubt, to social services, children's services, you know, from yeah, the suspicion she, she, she had her suffering from malnutrition or something, wasn't being, being looked after properly. Anyway, this, this, this became a big problem for the producers um, of the series. Um, and they became terrified, apparently, of her or, or, or either of the two main other kids who, who, who appeared in the series. They became terrified they were going to hit puberty. And uh, particularly the little girl playing the rope. Because, <laughs> you know, that would be just so obvious, you know. She's not a little girl, or a, she, I mean, she's not a robot, and she's certainly not a little girl anymore. Um, and so, series three and four were filmed back to back, and you'll find episodes of series four mixed in with series three, and vice versa, which leads to a very, very strange set of affairs, because in consecutive episodes, this kid's height varies enormously. <laughs> Because the episodes weren't shown in the order in which they were filmed either. So and she was obviously uh, undergoing a growth spurt and um, in real life. And she, <laughs> so, some episodes, you know, she is still a, a, a little girl who, who comes up to about to, to the actor playing at her brother's elbow or something. The next next episode, she's up, up at shoulder height. Then in another episode, she'll be rivaling him in height terms. It's also why the series ended after four seasons, not because of unpopularity, but they had enough episodes for, if, you know, to carry, you know, in short, it's going to be syndicated in perpetuity, so to speak. Um, but also because they just couldn't get away with, 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 with passing her off anymore as this little girl robot. But, um, Small wonder, although it's a, you know, obviously it's, it's a sitcom main, cheap sitcom aimed at kids, raises some interesting questions, some interesting points about robots generally. Um, the question it raises most of all as the series goes along and Vicky the robot becomes more part of this family and she she learns more behaviors and so on is is there a point that we could say she is truly a sentient being a sentient that she has some form of self-awareness and sentience because that's never really obviously they face the issues they always do they never really address it but as viewers you can't help but always ask this question. Is she merely simulating some of the behaviours, human-like behaviours she demonstrates? Or does she actually understand them and experience them? And we never really have that answered. There are odd implications. Every so often there's an implication that she has that she's, she is self-aware. Um, but it's never really made clear to what extent this is due to changes in her programming, because, of course, if you remember the series, she has a panel on the back that opens up whereby she can be, re, you know, 
access her circuits and chips and she can be reprogrammed to do do other things and yeah to, to add to her abilities as well as her normal learning abilities and this is never really addressed um properly as it generally isn't because the truth is we know in reality robots as they exist now are automatons they do only what they are programmed to do by someone else they have no free will they have no self-awareness they are not what we call sentient in any way shape or form yet often fictional robots like the one in small wonder are not only given human appearance but they're given the appearance of being self-aware of being able to make choices of you know being able to think independently and as i say there are sometimes indications there that she's able to do that but it's never really made clear i mean certainly she acts in a human manner but to what extent is that simply imitation of what she sees other people doing because notably a lot of the humor comes to the fact she will repeat what people say to her and often then she'll repeat it in, in an inappropriate situation uh, things she's heard people say or she'll repeat try and um, apply actions she has seen people carry out in, in what she thinks is an appropriate assesses as an appropriate situation but isn't this is where much of the humor comes from but we're never really sure <laughs> very occasionally and this is actually a point of contention with the girl who played her very occasionally she's allowed to smile and um but we never know when she smiles is that simply a learned behavior that she's doing it um because she, because in her programming she has learned this is the appropriate thing to do at that time or whether it's because she understands she has self-awareness and understands what smiling is what the point of it is often the smile is employed with a with a surrogate brother when she's done so usually to do with with insulting the irritating little girl from next door where she'll give him a conspiratorial smile but when, when she's you know slammed the door on this girl's face or something or said something mildly rude to her but again is that simply a behavior that that she's learned that is appropriate under those circumstances within the parameters of her programming or is there a deeper understanding of that i see it became a contentious issue with the girl who played her um because she was told originally she was not allowed to smile or or give any indication of smiling at all in the series or show any kind of emotion she always had to speak in in a monotone when she was in character that apparently over time she found extremely frustrating so they had to write into the script reasons for her to smile reasons for her to appear <clears throat> to exhibit emotion and occasionally be allowed not to talk in the monotone be able to use a, 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 actual, you know, a, a regular <clears throat> voice um yeah apparently she's a perfectly nice kid but um was very talented but um like all kids at that age she just found it very very frustrating 
you know, the, these restrictions being placed on her. And the fact that she had to go off on her own, you know, in front of a blue screen in a special studio to do the effects work and whatever, which took forever, apparently, and bored her to tears, again, as it would if you're a kid. Um, and because it was all done with adult technicians and so she, you know. Anyway, and she had a very pushy showbiz mother, apparently. <clears throat> but to get back to the point. It's an interesting thing in the series. As the series goes on, she appears more and more human-like. But is this indicative? Either her learning mechanisms are improving or that she is actually, as they say, developing self-awareness and sentience. It's never really made clear. As an audience, of course, and here's the interesting thing, another interesting thing. Obviously, we, we want to believe that she is becoming more human, that she's developing this personality of her own and ascension. Because it would be very difficult. She's meant to be the central character. It'd be very difficult to, to, to identify with her, to root for her, to like her, if that wasn't so. Because if she isn't doing any of these things, in reality... It'd be no different to having, I don't know, a vacuum cleaner or a washing machine is the central character, you know, basically, you know, a piece of machinery. So we as an audience, as humans, want to believe that she is more human. We like to project this onto anything, particularly inanimate objects which appear human-like. It's a natural human reaction, <clears throat> interestingly. Uh, so we, we we want to believe that about it. Um, but as I say, it never really comes down in the scripts to be clear on that. Oh, this is great. I am that one person who I had no idea what Small Wonder really even, I mean, I suppose I had heard it because it rang some sort of bell, but I've never seen it. I've never, I don't think I've ever seen even the tiniest clip from it. However, uh, it, it, this sounds interesting. Uh and I'm a sucker for that kind of premise show. I mean, to this day, I have this unnatural fixation with the show, My Favorite Martian. When I was a kid, some part of my brain really thought that Uncle Martin, who was the uncle uh, pretending to be Tim, Bill Bixby's, uncle who was really a martian uh would eventually get back home to mars i mean in my head it just had to happen and when it never when that clicked that it was never gonna happen uh yeah i guess that's part of growing up in a tv sitcom age but that that's just a weird thing to even remember but uh no this show is uh a complete revelation uh this is such a great I, I am so lucky to be the guy who sits here and makes this stuff because i can't make this stuff up anyhow back to doc but of course because she appears to exhibit or exhibit all these human qualities we, we come back to the problem 
that we have generally of how do we know whether something is actually self-aware and autonomous, autonomously intelligent. How do we know that? Because one of the problems, well, let's face it, for one thing, we don't really understand what human intelligence is, let alone understanding artificial intelligence. So what these days passes for artificial intelligence? Because it's the Turing test, isn't it? That if something is able to give answers to questions that sound as if they are not just pre-programmed but are in fact spontaneous answers drawn from a body of knowledge or is able to apparently converse with us as if it's carrying out an actual conversation, not relying upon um, set responses and an analysis of what you said to it to find an appropriate response. If it can do these things, then we make an assumption that it's intelligent. Whereas that is not necessarily the case that it is intelligence. You can, machines can imitate intelligence on one level. We have, well, nowadays you have web bots, you find them on social media, which can, can to some extent, give the impression they are human. They can make responses to tweets. They can learn what are appropriate, or what they, within the parameters of the program, what I would say they think, but they don't think. But what their program dictates is an appropriate answer. Say so by analysing responses to their, their output, they analyse the input and come up with, with what is believed to be an appropriate response compared to what other responses to similar outputs by they've, they've examined by other real people. I mean, because infamously, there's the, uh, the Twitter bot that uh, the bot put out on Twitter that became racist because, unfortunately, the um, the real life people that found itself interacting and for some reason, I mean, it managed to stumble in this uh, were a bunch of, sort of neo-Nazis, whatever. And not necessarily neo-Nazis, but there were people who gave... Um, Rate what could be considered well, yeah, they were racist responses um, to some of its tweets. So it decided, decided with its program analysis that was an appropriate response to certain types of tweets, was to itself respond to other people in terms that could be construed as being racist and offensive. See, you can even teach robots bad behavior. But it wasn't as a process of any reasoning. It wasn't in itself inherently racist. You know, it, it didn't have an irrational prejudice against any particular race or creed. It was simply the way it had been programmed meant that was the way it learned. And that was the kind of response it would give. And for all we know, in small wonder, that's all that Vicky the robot was doing. Yeah. Although she, there was never an episode where she became a neo-Nazi, I hasten to add. <laughs> she always remained a likeable character. But that's the thing. But again, we like to impose 
our um, our idea of intelligence and humanity upon things which appear to exhibit those traits we would identify as being human traits or what we would think appear to be things we which appear um, to be human behaviours and human responses. Of course, by ending Small Wonder when they did after the um, four se seasons, they avoided another a problem that they would eventually run up against, which is there surely had to be a limit to which they could age Vicky, because part of the point of it was that she was meant to look like a child. Um, that what then do you do with a robot child once everybody else has outgrown them? I mean, there's that film, the Spielberg film, the title of which currently eludes me, um, which look at what happens is, of course, they become like any other toy. Perhaps they get discarded. Indeed, there are a few slightly sinister allusions and small wonder to, to once she served a purpose, she'll be dismantled. Um, to which the mother in the, in the series, the family, always objects to because she's accepted this robot as a surrogate child, as a member of the family. To her, she just takes on face value that all her responses and behaviours indicate that she is self-aware and is a, if not human, human-like. And so the idea of simply shutting her down and dismantling her is, is a horrible idea to the mother, as indeed it is to us as the audience, because she's a character that if you watch enough episodes, you know, you, you come to like. But there you go. Such is television. <laughs> but anyway, yes, yeah, so... Yeah, I see small wonder. So perhaps I'm uh, in my musings there about the nature of intelligence and what that series tells us about the nature of artificial intelligence and the way in which we we perceive robots. Um, maybe I'm 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 trying to put too much onto the shoulders of a of, as I say of a kid's sitcom. But they nevertheless are questions which, when you watch it, you can't help but th but think about. Well, you watch it, if you watch enough episodes of it, you're left wondering this. You're left wondering this because, as they say, she is the central character. You want to like her. You want to root for her. But there's always that problem. If she is simply an automaton, that's very difficult. Yeah. Um, because after all, I mean, I use the analogy there of, of, of you know, washing machines and vacuum cleaners a better analogy would be i mean real robots that we have now are in general you'll find them on production lines mainly things like that and they don't look human they operate solely within the parameters of their programming carrying out repetitive tasks and you know you don't identify with them you don't wonder whether they're sentient. Uh, it isn't essential you like them because they don't look human. Um, but she does. So we start making what wondering, start making those assumptions. It's an interesting thing. But, there you go. but of course, of late, 
increasingly do try and make robots in human form, although they're obviously mechanical. They don't look like a little girl um, or even like dogs these days. And often they're touted for use in like security situations and whatever. And they that always worries me when, when they show these, the film, publicity film of them testing them, whatever. Um, like they show people kicking them and knocking them over and drop kicking the shower. They just get up again and wander on, you know, like not like sort of <clears throat> older robots where you'd knock them over and that'd be it. They'd flail around on the floor for a while. And uh, yeah, so they kick them and whatever and throw things at them, hit them with planks and whatever. And um, I always think that's dangerous, you know, because if it ever happens and they all become sentient and they start coming, they're going to remember who did the kicking. You know, they're going to remember. So <laughs> better be damn careful. Actually, the worrying side is because the thing about robots... <clears throat> In science fiction, in bad science fiction, they're often presented as a threat. They're going to take over the world. They're going to eliminate humanity. Whereas we know in reality, as I said, they will only carry out, they will only do what you, pro, what, pe what people program them to do. They in themselves have no self-awareness, no sentience. Why would they want to eliminate human beings? You know, um, because they can't want to do anything. They could only do what they're programmed to do. And indeed, even if they were, had a degree of sentience. <clears throat> As Isaac Asimov reasoned, of course, you know, surely you'd put safeguards in place, hence his three laws, you know, the good doctor's three laws of robotics, which are designed to prevent robots from harming people. All very sensible. But, but, a lot of recent robot development, worryingly, is being done by the military. And particularly, I remember seeing footage um, of robots developed for the Israeli military, these sort of humanoid-looking robots, um, which basically could fire guns and whatever, and apparently could identify the difference between like good guys and bad guys, which actually they couldn't. What they all they could identify was whether someone appeared to be holding a weapon or not which is different, um, very different. And this is a dangerous development, not because the robots will run amok of their own <laughs> account and start taking over the world and murdering everyone, but because they become uh, a powerful and potentially dangerous weapon um, when developed in this way. And that is, is the abuse of them by those controlling them, which is the worry. So yes, it's not so much that robots are going to take over the world or kill humanity, as I say, it's that um, the people using them, the people programming them, that will, as I say, use and abuse them to harm others, or simply they're so poorly programmed, you know, poor coding um, will result in them um, doing harm to people, other people. That's the worry. Yeah. It's not so much they, work, they can possibly in, be inherently evil themselves. It's just that, you know, 
they can be abused. It's the people using them that do the damage. As with any machine, the machine itself isn't good or evil. It's the person behind it who makes those decisions. Indeed, as we see another lesson from Small Wonder, you see, uh, <laughs> Vicky herself is frequently used by her brother, surrogate brother, in his various money-making schemes, because, of course, she will follow lit orders, lit the instructions, literally, and he tries to um, take advantage of her abilities uh, to assist him in these schemes, which always end disastrously for him, usually because, again, she is so literal in her, and she just interprets his instructions absolutely literally. And um, again, which undermines the idea of her being intelligent and self-aware. There, you know, she, there is no shading to her interpretation. And she'll happily tell when asked, she'll tell anyone else what she's done and what, or what, and that he's the one who told her to do it. Interesting, interesting. Um, as I say, it isn't always consistent in the series. <laughs> I mean, she's not meant to show any emotional response. Yet, very occasionally, she appears to. But again, even then, they fudge the issue to imply it's simply a learned behaviour. That she can simulate these things without experiencing them. You know, she's seen someone else uh, engage in this behaviour and thinks the uh, programming suggests the situation she's now in is appropriate. This, uh, this behave, learned behaviour would be appropriate for her. She doesn't actually feel it or understand it. Mm. Although... Very more interestingly, very interestingly, in in a couple of episodes, she has also created by her father, stroke creator, um, <clears throat> a, a a double, a twin, another identical-looking robot, who has a more sophisticated AI system, and she does appear self-aware. And um, doesn't speak in a monotone, interestingly. She appears self-aware and appears to exhibit some, some um, emotional responses, yet is portrayed, because of these things, is portrayed as being dangerous and evil, interestingly. Whereas the simpler Vicky, because she's non-threatening, because she lacks these things, is seen as sympathetic. But there you go. Anyway, there you go. Small wonder is a, is a guide to um, a guide to human responses to robots. <laughs> Actually, to you know, um, as a coder to it, on a non-robotics note, the girl who played the robot, Tiffany Brissett. Um, I say she had a pushy showbiz mother and she found, apparently, according to, to people who worked with her, she did find doing the TV series increasingly fr frustrating because she's a very talented kid. She could sing, she could dance, but she never got a chance. She rarely got a chance to exhibit these, these abilities. 
within the context series. Anyway, after Andy, she continued acting for a few years. When she turned 18 and became an adult, she gave up show business altogether when she could make decisions for herself. And she retrained as a nurse, which is what she still does to this day. There you go. Um, and of the other two kids in it, um, the, the kid, who, the little girl who played the irritating little girl from next door, she is actually still in the entertainment business. She's now, a, I believe, a drama coach and agent who specialises in um, helping, well, dealing with child performers, basically trying to um, ensure they avoid any of the problems that she and uh, her co-stars um, encountered back in the 80s when they were working the business. And the young actor who played her uh, Vicky's surrogate brother, Jerry, Jerry Supiran, Supiran? Again, actually quite a successful child actor. Um, who couldn't continue, who for whatever reason couldn't translate that into a career as, a, as, a, as an adult performer. And unfortunately, he's now better known for his problematic relationships and private life. Basically, he lost all his money through a uh, apparently a, a, a bad, a failed relationship with a stripper and to a crooked accountant. And for a long while, he apparently worked as a waiter until eventually during the last you know, recession, he, he lost that job. In, and about 10 years ago, he was living, un, part of the time, he was living under a road bridge in California, sadly the rest of the time helping out in a in a homeless shelter where sometimes they're able to give him a bed um apparently <laughs> apparently he's um he's doing a lot better these days um i'm you know, happy because you wouldn't want to wish that on anyone um but there you go there you go um and of course robotics still has an advance to the state that um you could pass off um a robot as a small girl. Um, well, not as far as I know. I mean, <laughs> I've never encountered one yet. But uh, yeah, so there you go. Small wonder. It was just, yeah. Remember the theme song? She's a small wonder. Anyway. anyway, I'm going to say, hey, back to you, PQ. Yeah, we've got nothing to fear but uh, human programmers themselves. Uh, with all of this, uh, I, I love bringing up Colossus, the Forbin project, but he wasn't really a robot. He didn't have arms or legs or anything, but he, 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 he well, not in the way that we had them. He could control all of the other computers in the world, which, I don't know. Great film, though, and scared me as a kid. I, the, the killer, scary computer motif comes back again and again in my uh, mental iconography, so to speak. The robot intelligence. Ooh. But, um, yeah, uh, we have that as well to deal with uh, as we move into this world of robotics. Um, 
Robots Rules of Order, as uh, the Fire Sign Theater talked about. Uh, I don't know how many of you have heard, uh, I think we're all bozos on this bus, but I, I don't think they're, they're robots, so I think they're holograms. Uh, it's sort of an artificial future amusement park of some sort there where things go awry. But the Firesign Theater, their earlier albums especially, are an incredible treat and a true genius in comedy. So you, you do, if you haven't checked them out. They do require patience. It isn't like people telling jokes. It's... Uh, quite layered and presented like a multi-layered uh, radio play sort of a thing. Uh, really great stuff. And like I say, if you've never heard them, you are in for a real treat, my friend. Uh, and with that, speaking of comedic and real treats and uh, continuing, uh, batting cleanup this time around, we've got Chad Bowers. I got all kind of robots. I remember uh, when I first met R2-D2, he was spelled differently. His name was uh, A-R-T-O-O. And uh, the last part may have been letters or it may have been spelled out. I, I had them on some stickers that came in these packs of cards that... Uh, you could put them down, and as you collect them, it seemed uh, quite powerful at the time. This idea that you could flip them over and save up by collecting and create this entire poster out of them. It was uh, just such a fresh concept. I suppose it had probably been done with uh, cigarettes and baseball players at some point in the past, but to me... It was fresh. I uh, never cared for R2-D2. Uh, no, wait, I, I liked R2. I, I never cared for uh, C-3PO, who was spelled at the time S-E-E-T-H-R-E-E-P-I-O. C-3PO. Uh, who knows, some language or something, I guess. C-3PO was just a pain, you know. He was a protocol droid, so uh, he was all hooked up on the uh, the way you do something rather than the reason why, you know. The way it looked rather than why it mattered. The, uh, the image of the thing versus the real picture. So, like a lot of the folks in the in our culture now, you know, kind of image-obsessed, the symbolic uh, possible interpretations being more important than uh, what you meant. I guess robots don't have that problem. They don't have the, uh, they don't have the mortality problem, which in times of stress particularly can make us really uncontrollable and, uh, unpredictable you know a person that uh, is starving and you feed well if they have children they might kill you and they might be justified to save their child having to kill you they had no choice but you know 
these there's these hard uh rules in life you got to live by like uh like that guy on the black hole spaceship well i think it's kind of some uh some name like the uh the alexandria or the leonov uh, but this is a big eiffel tower looking ship that came with these robots uh, i guess they were robots i think they were people but then um you laid on this carousel and these laser lights shined in your face and uh it was good animation on the uh the laser light coming out but you could tell it was traditional animation kind of snuck into this uh this real movie one thing i liked was the speed at which the phasers shot and the idea of having a phaser out the top and bottom you know it's okay i mean if you had four of them cover all angles that way you could be off to the left you could be off to the bottom you could be off to the right or you could be off to the top but like the one with the uh, the two buttons only or the two guns only well if you aimed right at the thing you might miss it because uh the whole advantage of that weapon seems to be that it gives you some some room to miss and still hit my knowledge of that film comes from watching it when it was released when it was new you know it was a exciting follow-up to star wars and the fact that you got to go to heaven and then hell uh during the movie put an interesting spin on it there was a uh, a robot who for my intents and uh my purposes at the time was satan he was lobster red they called him maximilian and he had these spinning knives that came out just a a brutally ridiculous weapon system you know there were so many ways that robot could have killed you even just uh a thump you know with his with his finger he could have just thumped you on the head and uh liquefied your brains it would leak out your nose but for some reason they they felt like they should give him all of these uh, food processor attachments all of these sets of blades and sausage grinders and uh cookie makers is dough hooks just spinning stuff coming out of uh, every orifice of maximilian he had a like a prop shaft coming out of his uh his anal glands that was i think built out of a desoto maybe a late model desoto taken over by chrysler corporation prior to the uh the amc purchase if you remember that and then there was the captain you know it had uh it had this guy and i couldn't figure out what his deal was you know he's kind of uh dark and brooding and mysterious from the moment you meet him he seems more like an emperor than a captain or perhaps like he's the uh he's the muscle for a group of monks 
and everyone on the ship is just kind of these shiny-faced monks. You know, they wear that during the day for modesty. And, you know, some uh, somehow or another they imagine that it gives the, uh, the females character to hide their faces or, or it gives them... Um, what do you call it? It gives them some sort of privilege, right, to to hide their their faces. It's uh, it's either barbaric and old, or it's modern, or uh, these labels are superficially attached from programming that you probably didn't even realize you had. And the truth is, it's just hot and hard to breathe. You know, I think we've We've all learned that from mask. And there's something about mask because uh, recently I, I had a masked figure and it was Cooler from the Dragon Ball Z series. Now he was available from IF Labs in about a, like a 10 inch tall model. And his, uh, his bone-like armor was bone colored. I really loved that, you know. I was able to do over a hundred paint operations on each of those figures, so it was a wonderful white bone-like plastic, and with all the shading and detailing, it really looked like bone. And then for the special paint edition, uh, those pieces were metallic. Kind of like a little bit of cooler, uh, meta-cooler in your cooler. But I've sold most of those now, and um, it is a relief because I just never felt like putting them around my office. You know, when people visited uh, Andy Warhol's home, they often thought, man, what a you know traditional, nice-looking house this is. And I sort of have the same mentality about that. I, I don't mind having good art on the walls, but I don't want it to look like a... Uh, a typical uh, guy's man den, which which looks more like it's suitable for a a 13 year old or a uh, or a 35 year old 300 pound guy wearing sloppy clothes with his hat on backwards, um, dressing like he's 13 anyway, and coming into his uh, his palace of plastic memorabilia from movies and. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't want to be the audience for these products. You know, I, I would rather uh, just be somewhat separated from it all. And I think that gives me the most comfort. They uh, drink Kool Aid. Used to have this robot. Uh, they had this big red robot called the Kool Aid Man, and he would bust through walls and he'd be like, "Here I am. Uh, here I is, everybody." Somebody want some Kool-Aid? Uh, who wants some Kool-Aid up in here? Some flavors I remember. Grape. Apple. Which I associated with witchcraft because of the green color. Uh, some new ones such as Ectoplasm from the uh, Ghostbuster series. You remember the... Uh, Silver aliens from Battlestar Galactica, the uh, the toasters. And how did Bardar, or Baldar, how did he make a deal with them? What do you think he promised the uh, the robots? 
Wise words, my dear friend Chad. Uh, wise words indeed. Uh, you gotta that these robots, they're coming, they're coming, and get ready. And uh, I, I gotta thank everybody here for uh, their uh, participation in this remarkable uh, collection of uh, little chats on robots uh, right here on the Overnightscape Central. There's nothing like the Overnightscape Central. And just so many thanks to Eddie, Frank, Doc, and Chad for uh, coming through. I'm a little late getting this released, but uh, uh, historically, just for the record, this is quite a uh, wonky week uh, all the way around. Uh, you got Elon Musk buying Twitter. Uh, you got uh, the Roe v. Wade stuff uh, and plenty of other, on top of whatever else everybody was already anxious and concerned about and uh, being driven a bit uh, off their game by uh, the uh, underlying mood yeah and uh, to top it off this might be a little late because I'm having some posting issues on the uh, meta end but nonetheless the overnightscape central continues and uh, here's the part Here's the part that you should listen to, especially if you've never participated, because it'd be really cool to have you say hello. And uh, we have a topic uh, that everybody can jump in on. The topic next week on the Overnightscape Central is stuff to laugh at. Yeah, you know, good joke. Uh, uh, you, you see something uh, that might be pointed out that could bring us all a chuckle. Go for it, because uh, we all need some stuff to laugh at. And uh, how this works is pretty much like normal, except you got, uh, we're starting late. Uh, the deadline for the show, if I'm going to do it Monday, is Monday, May 6th, 2022, at about oh, 7 p.m. Mountain Time. Okay, come on, you you got a few days here. You got the whole weekend. Sit down with a microphone and just, yeah, yeah it's stuff to laugh at. Uh, and uh, the email address that we always use here remains kpqr.torc at gmail.com. I'll say it once more kpqr.torc at gmail.com. Dot com and uh that's how you become well you're already part of the family that's how you uh if you feel so compelled and i'm pushing you a little to say a little something uh, it's a good week to do it and it cheer everybody up i am sure up and down the onsug line and uh, with that i think i have covered all the bases and taken up a sufficient amount of your leisure with this so uh we will talk to you the next time meanwhile we'll all set the controls for the heart of the fun please <laughs>